Artistic Director and CEO of Dublin Fringe Festival. And I'm Keen O'Brien, Artistic Director of Project Arts Centre in Dublin. And you're listening to A Wee Boost, a podcast from Dublin Fringe and Project Arts Centre designed to energise creative minds. In each episode, we'll ask some of the artists and thinkers that we look to for inspiration to share what's getting them out of bed in the morning. It's part recommendation list, part pep talk, and essential listening whenever you're in need of a wee boost. <laughs> The person in need of a wee boost this week is the iconic Belfast playwright Stacey Gregg. Her work has been seen on stages all across these islands. At Project Arts Centre we presented her brilliant play Scorch and we are thrilled that she is keen to speak to fake friends who were the theatre innovators of the of the COVID times. Fake Friends is a Brooklyn-based theatre company led by Michael Breslin and Patrick Foley. Their show, Circle Jerk, which premiered in June 2020, was a live stream hybrid theatre experience and it totally changed the game for stage on screen. Stacey and Fake Friends, take it away. Hi, Michael. Hi, Stacey. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm introducing myself. So I'm Stacey Gregg, playwright, screenwriter. And I have the, um, the pure delight of having a chat and haven't discussed discussing a wee boost with you. Michael, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. It's so nice to meet you. I'm Michael. I am a performer and playwright and general theater maker and also a new screenwriter. Um, and I do most of my work with um, my writing partner, Patrick Foley. Patrick is maybe on his way. It's a surprise whether he'll attend or not because he's currently starring in a play with Parker Posey off Broadway in New York City and he has late nights and I know it's an early morning here it's 9 a.m which really is my prime time what's your ritual when you get up Michael how do you how do you let's get down to like brass tacks you wake up how do you get into artist creative mode I need to wake up and drink two cups of coffee over like four hours so it's a question of like what you know what routine will happen that morning but I really love to work out so I like will sip on a coffee and then work out for about 45 minutes and then finish the coffee and then usually I'll be ready to write um but sometimes the writing happens in bed, you know? If you wake up and you have an idea, you just, I type it in my little notes app on my iPhone. Are you a voice memo kind of guy? No, because I tried that. And then I would I would record all these voice memos and then I can't listen to my own voice. So <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that'll get in the way. Um, I'm concerned because you didn't mention that you hydrate. So you're sipping on a coffee and you're working out. But is there, I, no? 
You know, that's a really good point. And I, yeah, I need to drink more water. I, I read on, or actually, no, I watched on TikTok that you're supposed to drink a glass of water before you have your coffee. <gasps> oh, damn. I know. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm, I'm working on that. I get um, quite intimidated by people's water bottles. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's definitely the water bottles are getting bigger. And sometimes people will like turn up to meetings with like like huge jugs, like a kind of almost like the canisters that you put communally to make tea and coffee from. And I just I think I'm starting to think that it's just performative. No one can drink that much water. I t they show up with like a jug for like a small family like that would drink over a week. And I'm like, I don't understand but that being said, I did get my father one of those for Christmas, like as a joke. <laughs> well, you know, that's not, I mean, we're not here to judge. Yes. So what's your morning routine? I'm fascinated to know. I'm not a million miles away. I definitely need the coffee. And um, I definitely think more clearly if I get a good job, like just a little gentle jog in, just to even feel a bit virtuous, even if it really wasn't that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then... Um, and then, yeah, I, I need, I do need, I think, quiet more than I used to. I I used to be able to work and write anywhere, but I've definitely become a little more sort of sensitive to noise. So depending on, depending on the quality of attention that I need, I'll, I'll try, I'll, I'll maybe tuck myself away, but I also need the balance of stimulation. So sometimes I'll just, I'll just need to go and stand by a busy roadside just to feel alive. So that I'm quite porous that way. Like environment is quite uh, has has quite an effect on me. We're just sort of talking about the winter months and sort of heading into the spring, and so I wonder what you're working on, and um, what has been what's been nourishing you lately. What have you been dipping into to kind of get those juices flowing? So, like all of January, I was working on a draft of our new sh me and Patrick's new show, which is our first musical piece which is like a brand new world in like so many different ways for us um so it was like every day working on that draft and you know just getting in front of it and sitting in front of it and seeing what would happen and I would schedule you know five hours a day to be in front of that draft and just if nothing's coming just stare at it and then it picked up pace and steam and it was really interesting and we finally finished a draft of it about two weeks ago congrats um, thanks it was a real slog getting to that draft um took actually like a few years to get to that draft of it um so we'll see I mean you never know so <laughs> it's like I think it's in a good place but who knows um and then right now yeah, I was just oh, going to say, I'm very jealous of your creative partnership. It's something, obviously, with each project, you you have those collaborations, but to have somebody to have to sit when you're slogging, when you've got the block, to have someone to bounce off, a collaborator, you know, and a commiserator, that's it just feels like such a precious thing. I mean, I, I just wonder if that's, do you feel that way too? Yeah, it's, it's a very fruitful and like... um inspiring thing to have especially Patrick who is such a great actor and I find that actors brains are so amazing at generating ideas and material and obviously characters but also 
thoughts and stories. I mean, he's obviously also a great writer, but he has that other side of him that is just a really, really excellent generator. Um, So that's always great. And we actually do voice memo back and forth, especially now that he's been in rehearsals and stuff for The Seagull, which is the play that he's doing with Parker Posey. So we like we'll voice memo like two minute things being like I'm thinking about this and blah 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 and then that's really helpful Mm. um but right now I'm in and then I'll ask you the question but right now I'm at um Duke University in North Carolina doing an artist residency for two weeks on a brand new show um which we're like on literally day three of (laughs) as of today which is really exciting and it's I'm here with them three amazing theater makers um who are all women so I'm the only I'm the only man here which has been really interesting like a shift because Patrick and I have almost virtually the same identity like on the page (laughs) which has been sort of like a subject of a lot of our work so it's like an interesting room to be in and I've worked with all these people Patrick has too like many times before but this particular cocktail is Mm. interesting yeah yeah I'm very jealous I'm 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 in quite an isolated phase at the moment because I'm writing um and just by necessity of the projects I'm on it's solo and I'm really craving and again coming out of the winter especially I'm really craving that being in a room with other people and I'm already trying to make little little plans for um basically making ensuring that I have projects just like that or you know those experiences later in the year because I I really need that balance too much time alone is uh is a lot I've just um I've just read the entirety of Patricia Highsmith's notes and diaries because they were released and I have to say I had I spent like a week in a kind of paranoid like alternative universe and had to like uh, had to transition uh, had to transition back into like a different reality um and luckily I'm dying to read those I it, yeah it, yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on it's com- completely compelling and fascinating um but as a foil to that I have a me and my, my wife have a have a five-year-old and I I take him to the cinema regularly and I saw Puss in Boots and that was actually that was the thing that sort of smacked me out of the the highsmith funk <laughs> so oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, I have to say like i was skeptical but you know i got on board it's good puss and boots recommend so yeah i'm that's i basically i'm on my own a lot at the moment too um just uh just getting through a bit of writer's block the slog as you said um done a lot of you know procrastination the usual thing uh but I don't know. I maybe that does start to get easier with experience, you know. I think there was a time when you think I will never get through this. I will never get to the end of it. And now I think I have less fear about that. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> you just sort of have to yeah, you just have to get through it and not sort of lose the faith and you know hold hold your nerve. Like I am I'm much better now at knowing that I need to sort of change gear or shake my thoughts up or like pull myself out of whatever it is that I'm stuck in. So, you know, I love to go and see exhibitions. I love um, documentaries. I'm quite interdisciplinary. So if I'm thinking about one form or one um, medium, then usually I go, you know, to something in contrast to that. 
Um, and I find that it just really, you know, even if it sparks something that's not related to what you're working on, the experience of feeling excited about something, you know, spills over then into what you're working on and can kind of release you, I think, in some way. And just, I think, being a bit kinder to myself um, that maybe there are just some days when it's not coming. And even when, you know, when you have a deadline, it's quite hard to do that. But, you know, ultimately life is short, isn't it? So. <laughs> um, yeah. Like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, the Whitney Museum has an Edward Hopper exhibit up mm-hmm. right now. And I, I actually needed that shakeup. Like I, my brain was like stalling and I couldn't really crack a problem in the, musical and I went to the Edward Hopper exhibit and stayed there for like four hours (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was very like um very nourishing and Mm. uh, none of the none of the paintings obviously like directly inspired like the writing but it was like just being in the presence of someone else's artistic output Mm -hmm. like and at such a huge massive scale I mean there were so many paintings was very inspiring yeah do you, ever, do you ever read artist biographies or or turn to biopics or anything like that don't no. I probably should right because are <laughs> they sort of inspired I mean the Patricia Highsmith letters I'm like dying to read because I read about them mm-hmm. um in the I think it was the New York Review of Books or something had a review and they sound like obviously so wild and mm-hmm. amazing um so I'm dying to read those. Oh, you know what I read last year was um, a book of Truman Capote's like letters mm-hmm. that he had like sent. And that was very, very fascinating. Yeah. What about you? I, I do occasionally read biographies. I, I'm, it's, I'm more likely to dip in. I don't sort of tend to like read from beginning to end. But sometimes I like to grab something and have a little dip. And I, I'm, it's not a, a biopic per se, but I watched all the Beauty and the Bloodshed recently about Nan Golding, and I didn't realize. I thought it was more about the campaign she led. I didn't realize that so much of it was about her life, and her work. And I found that there's something about the span of someone's life and career that's kind of extraordinary. So I, I think I, I think I definitely sort of dip into those things to feel like I don't know to commune, and also I suppose. Uh, art criticism so I loved I loved Funny Weather by Olivia Lang you know because it was just mm. like a little like a little chapter and it was very it was sort of both um, a sort of biographical but also clearly the through the lens of sub, of Lang's you know subjectivity and I and I really enjoyed that register so yeah I think it is something that I occasionally do I, I'm not I'm just trying to sort of interrogate why but I guess like I said it's just that feeling of of you know communing with lines, other creatives. Uh, I could I could talk all day, probably because I'm quite starved of company at the moment, but it's (laughs) it's it's just I know. I was like, we were just getting started. (laughs) I know, right? Um so yeah, I guess I guess in the spirit of a wee boost, um, my question is twofold. One, you know, what what's sort of pulling you forward? What's what's you know lighting you up about 2023 down the road? Um, and then also not entirely related, but just being interested as also being a screenwriter uh, as to where that is and how that plays into the work, the theater work that you're making, or if it doesn't. So what's giving me a wee boost in 2023 is actually um, doing more methodical free rights. Mm-hmm. So I'm, it's related to my screenwriting, like 
new experience too. So I'm taking this like Zoom screenwriting course where it's not about like teaching like the three act structure and you know, all the, I studied dramaturgy in graduate school. So I sort of get the structure stuff, but the course is actually about um, activating and sort of loosening up the imagination. So there are a lot of like free writing prompts that, you know, it'll be like, think about the main character, picture the main character in your head, uh, now write about them for like 40 minutes and don't take your fingers off the keys, which has, it, you know, it's its own practice. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost more similar in my mind to like yoga or something where it's like not about um, the product and it's mm -hmm. about the practice of doing it. So that has really been inspiring and loosening and sounds great. sort of like jazzy, um, <laughs> which is, great and then in the screenwriting stuff you know Patrick and I have written a screenplay together but that was more in the style of like a big Hollywood you know movie so it follows that 3x structure and like all of the more classical stuff um classical um and now I'm working on a screenplay by myself that is intending to be a little bit less um I guess you could say commercial but I don't really know where the line between commercial and indie really exists mm. anymore but <laughs> um yeah yeah so that's what I'm working on it's it's very satisfying but it feels very different from the theater work mm, I know I, I I mean I find moving between those modes like I don't I don't find it difficult I'm I'm I guess I'm objectively interested in the fact that I I feel like I speak in very different voices or I use very different registers or muscles when I'm working in different forms it sounds like you might be similar yeah what is your experience with screenwriting and how does it relate to your playwriting and theater making practice um like you I um I had a sort of um quite classical training like they they refer to it as a boot camp actually uh, like a writer's academy boot camp that was very five-act structure very formulaic and and it, retrospectively I've realized that it was a very useful bag of tools to get but at the time I found it really alienating and I didn't write for screen um for a while after that almost until I'd sort of like deprogram some of it uh, but now, as I say, I can reflect on that and see the value. Um, and, and around the same time, I was working at a, at a drama school that was doing some of what you seem to be describing in the free writing style. That sort of like exploration to to just fully get to grips with and, and know inside out the material that you're trying to then wrangle and, um, you know, formulate into, into a screenplay. Um, so I think, you know, of course, there are, there are so many sort of transferable skills between the two, um, between the two ways of working. Uh, but, but I feel like every time I start a new project, I feel like I've never done it before. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and, and so much of that is just about sort of sitting, finding the space to just sit with the project, as you say, and sort of visualize what, what is it, what am I trying to do and not get too hung up on things like, is it commercial? Is it indie? Cause I, I agree. Sometimes those categorizations really maybe aren't that helpful. It's certainly not at the, in the earliest stages uh, when you're just trying to dream. <laughs> Well, listen, I wish you such great good luck in your work moving forward. And it's been such a pleasure to uh, hear a little bit more about your 
your coffee drinking, your lack of hydration and your <laughs> dreams and goals for the year. It's so nice to meet you and send my love to your your child <laughs> and your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Love and energy all around. Thanks so much, Michael and Stacey. That's a new fantasy dinner party combo for me, the three of them in conversation. Next up, we have this week's Postcard to the Edge, which is from Pedro Sepulveda. Pedro is from Chile, but is coming to us from Lajares in Mexico City. Milmetro Cuadrados is an architecture and art collective based in Chile, and we had the absolute pleasure of hosting their work as part of Dublin Fringe Festival in 2018, when they brought Question Project, which is an interactive public art project that inspires debate in public space by asking the residents of a city what questions they want to ask the city and putting them up on an interactive billboard that moves across the city and, in our case, sailed up the Liffey. So delighted to hear what Pedro's up to. Hello, I'm Pedro Sepulveda. I'm an artist from Chile. And now I'm talking to you from Mexico City. I'm in Mexico City, actually. I'm the house of one of my best friends. Uh, he's a DJ, no, like Mexican Jihad. And I am in his house and studio in La Juarez neighborhood. If I see out, you can see this like super vibrant neighborhood, like full of like space of car reparation, a renting space, Airbnb, like cool coffees. And um, is this like traditional market too? It's all kind of people and all kind of situations happening in Mexico City right now. You know, all kind of gentrifications and like problems, but you cannot see it actually. You can see like a happy and beautiful and green city. I'm working, I'm still working in Question Project, just like I did it in Dublin in 2018. Um, we are working in this like exhibition next year, about the 10 years of the project. So we will do in the last tour next year, we'll be in Stuttgart uh, and, and in different cities of Europe showing the project um, about it to come back to Chile. Um, I don't been there in the f past five years, so I'm like super excited, excited, excited about that. Uh, have you been to a show or exhibition or a read or a book that you love recently? Yes, it was this exhibition in Kuriman Soto Gallery about this uh, Russian uh, filmmaker uh, Sergei Einstein, and they open all these like antique uh, draw of Einstein of all his like experience when he traveled to Mexico you know in the in the 30s and in this time he get out of the closet like a bisexual man and he makes so much beautiful draws uh, and erotic uh, visions about his experience in Mexico it's so beautiful because like all this like the paper that he made the draws there are like with the name of uh, the hotels you know this like uh, antique papers 
and super beautiful and nice and super interesting because like Einstein is well known um, in the history of like filmmaking but you never like see this like drawing and like homoerotic part. The weather, like the weather here is super special because actually like in the summer it's super rainy and in the winter it's super dry and cold. It's like in Mexico City, you know, in the middle of the summer, every day at six o'clock until 9 p.m. start this like super, super heavy rain. People say that it's more rainy in Mexico City than London. Um, recently, I get out of the closet like a runner and I start to run um, and do exercise actually, like work out, do things with my body, um, breathe, run, walk, all these kind of things are super important for me. In the pandemic, I start to live in the nature. I was living in this little town in the coast of Oaxaca for two years. So like a nature and like all this started to be like a super important thing to me. So now that I'm, and I'm in the city again, like come back to like breathe and and do exercise in a way is come back to nature, like come back to your body. I don't know. Like lately, I don't have so much a daily routine because I'm this moment between like two big trips. Um, I'm come back to Chile after five years. So I am like the past three months is being like preparing myself to this trip. Uh, I've been traveling around uh, Mexico. I went to Oaxaca to visit some friends. So every day has been like different. I've been like visiting archaeological sites, like uh, uh, traveling, you know, the most beautiful and like fortunate thing that you can do it. Thanks so much to Pedro. And you can find him on Instagram at AntiPedro. So we've come to an end of a wee boost for this week. You can follow Project Art Centre and Dublin Fringe on Instagram and Twitter for the latest news and updates. And thanks again to the fabulous Bourgeois Maurice for our brilliant theme tune. We'll be back with another episode next Monday. And in the meantime, keep making art. Bye. Bye. Bye.